From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today, we are doing our week in review, and we're looking at the attack on freedom of speech and our First Amendment. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Let's look at those crypto prices first. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, August 19th, 2022. The time is 8.50 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Let's go straight into those crypto prices. We have Bitcoin dropping drastically at 8.6%. It's sitting at $21,513. Ethereum's at number two spot at $1,700, down 9% in 24. Looks like we have some liquidations. Tether's number three. USDC is number four. And BNB is down 8.5% at $283. Rounding off the top 10, we have BUSD, XRP, Cardano, Solana, and Doze. And Doze took a major hit. It's sitting at 6.9 cents. It's down 15.1%. I am never, ever going to get back to break even, am I? Keep on hodling. Total market cap is down 8.8% at $1.03 trillion. We have a BTC dominance of 39.8 and an F dominance of 20.1. Moving into our week in review and our basically our only story of the day, because this is a saga that needs some discussion. And we have had a lot of discussion on Twitter, a lot of discussion on this podcast, a lot of news coming out, a lot of developments. And that is tornado cash. And what does that mean to the First Amendment, freedom of speech and rights of privacy? So let's set the stage. What happened? Well, last Wednesday, the U.S. Treasury Department sanctioned Tornado Cash. It's an Ethereum mixing tool, and it's an app that lets users make private transactions on the Ethereum network. It does this by pulling together cryptocurrency deposits by many users and mixing them so transactions are hidden. So the Treasury Department added the Tornado Cash website and a long list of Ethereum addresses to a specially designated nationals list that bans U.S. citizens from using the tool and transacting with those addresses. Tornado Cash has been used to launder more than $7 billion worth of virtual currency since its creation in 2019. Tornado Cash was just used to launder $7.8 million in stolen cryptocurrency from the Nomad Bridge hack. And the North Korean Lazarus Hacking Group, well, they used Tornado Cash to launder around $96 million in June. Well, even though we see illegal activity with Tornado Cash, Crypto Twitter, they speak out. Preston Van Loon told Decrypt, I don't think this was appropriate at all. Tornado Cash is a tool, just like any other tool, it can be used for bad or good. GitHub took down the code for Tornado Cash, and Eric Verhees condemned GitHub for enforcing the tyranny of the United States government and sanctions list. Surveillance of everything, control of everyone, he says. That's what makes America great. Law-abiding Americans are the only ones hurt by this. Cryptographer Matthew Green tweeted, In the short term, I expect that a straightforward response to tornado sanctions will see new instances of the tornado contract or other similar forks. The Treasury Department will have to sanction those addresses as well, like a -a whack-a-mole style. He continued to say, For the record, 
I am not in favor of North Korea laundering stolen money. But I'm also not in favor of governments stepping in and smashing every service that's less users shield their transaction history from being read by the whole world. Well, this whole thing started snowballing because this week, the Netherlands Crime Agency, or the FIOD, arrested a suspected Tornado Cash developer. And, well, people were not happy about that. Daniel Buchner commented, and I paraphrase, that arresting a developer for being part of a project that was allegedly used by bad actors could apply to any decentralized system. This is an overt attack on human rights and casts a chilling effect over developers of open source software. Authoritarians who perpetuate human rights violations should be repelled by any and all means necessary. Kobe wrote, Welcome to the war on code. And by the way, code is protected under freedom of speech. Code is speech, actually. Stephen Levera wrote, Imagine if road builders were being arrested because criminals use them. Or home curtain installers. Wanting privacy should not be a crime. Jake Travinsky, he wrote, I spent a whole week on the tornado cash sanctions and I haven't heard a satisfying justification yet. The main argument is, criminals use it a lot. Okay, but they use everything law-abiding citizens do. Where's the line? How slippery is this slope? The uncertainty is a step back. And well, listeners were listening to this, you were listening to this, listeners. And Roger wrote in and said, If your ideology forces you to condone North Korean money laundering in the name of, in quotes, freedom, then your ideology stinks. Roman Semenov, the founder of Tornado Cash, said my GitHub account was just suspended. Is writing open source code now illegal? Smart contract developer Patrick Collins then said, Tornado Cash GitHub accounts and code base have been entirely removed. This is much worse than sanctioning a website. Code is speech, so we're potentially violating the First Amendment. And just to prove a point, later that day, or around those days, sometime this week, an anonymous troll started sending celebrities Ethereum from Tornado Cash, just to show the U.S. government how difficult it would be to enforce this ban on the mixing service. So far, Jimmy Fallon, Brian Armstrong, and Logan Paul has been dusted with F. Vitalik Buterin, he weighed in on this himself. He identified himself as someone who used Tornado Cash to make donations to Ukraine and their war efforts. Jeff Coleman commented on that, saying, Wanting to donate to Ukraine is an example of a valid need for financial privacy. Even if the government where you live is in full support, you might not want Russian governments to have full details of your action. And this is quite interesting. Vitalik is Russian-born but a Canadian, and he probably has ties to Russia, family, friends, and so on and so forth. But if he supports Ukraine, he can be very much putting himself and his family and friends at risk if people know that he is donating to Ukraine's war efforts. The other interesting part about this whole thing is like, we are now crowdfunding war? Has this happened before? This is a question we have not had before, I think. Depending on you and your government support, one side or the other, good or bad, you can send money to one army and one effort, but not the other. Now, I'm not saying we should support Russia, but should someone have the right to fund Russia's efforts with crypto? I mean, they're funding Ukraine. What if you support Russia? Now, this is just a question. I'm just wondering. Also, is war turning into a marketing effort to win the hearts, minds, and wallets of people to send funds? I, I, I really find this quite interesting. I mean, yes, support a war effort, but crowdsourcing or people, just normal people, are sending bits of money to, so that people could buy bullets and bombs and guns and shields and rations and scopes and drones. This is interesting. We are in uncharted waters. 
And if you have any comments on that, please, Matthew Earn at Decrypt.co. So upon the arrest of the developer of Tornado Cash, Dutch officials told the nonprofit DeFi Education Fund that it may be punishable if a developer writes code for the sole purpose of committing criminal acts. About the concerns, the FIOD wrote this in response. About the concerns, the development of a tool is not prohibited, but if a tool has been created for the sole purpose of committing criminal acts, for example, to conceal criminal flows of money, then putting online making available developed tools may be punishable. Max Bernstein, the DeFi Education Fund's communication lead, told Decrypt, Tornado Cash was routinely used for legitimate purposes. While we're still waiting on the specific charges against the developer to be released, the following must remain clear. Writing and publishing code must be protected in free societies. Privacy is not a crime. In a commentary to the idea that privacy is not a crime, at Reza Jaffrey wrote this in a Twitter thread, completely legal until today reasons to use Tornado Cash. Number one, you get paid in crypto and don't want your employer knowing all your financial details. Number two, you pay for a service in F and don't want them to be able to see everything you've ever done on chain. Number three, they're worried they might let you join a super secret chat if they know that your wealth came from aping into ass rockets. Number four, you've been doxxed and are being harassed online. Number five, you want to donate to a polarizing cause. Number six, you want to send me anonymously 1000 F. Number seven, you're bothered by the thought that everyone who knows your address now knows more about your wealth than most of your close friends and family members. And number eight, you sent F to your wife, but don't want her to know that you also sent F to your side chick. Not right, not ethical, but also not illegal. Now the stage is set. We know what happened. Somebody wrote code. It is used for illegal purposes. Developers are getting arrested because this code is being used for illegal purposes. And people are worried that this is infringement of freedom of speech. This is what listeners say. An anonymous Twitter friend said this. Let me start by saying that I'm not excusing the actions of the Treasury, and I'm a strong proponent of code as speech in the First Amendment. But I think it's doing a disservice to our argument to make criminals use roads comparison and the like. The numbers have shown that an estimated 35% of tornado volume, perhaps much higher, was involved in illegal activity. If over one-third of the cars on the highway were being used to commit crimes, I think maybe we'll see the government shut that road down. Same applies to other public uses, like email and etc., Again, not to say that this isn't heavy-handed and perhaps unconstitutional by the Treasury Department, but there are some degrees to public use cases, and it doesn't do the situation any good to make those analogies. Another listener wrote in yesterday and said, Hi, Matt. This is, well, also Matt. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I always like long-time listeners and first-time callers. It's like, you know, just knowing people listen, but they just haven't wrote in. It means that there's like this whole, you know, group of people. I mean, I know how many people listen to this show. Just... Y'all should write in some more. Anyway, well, Matt said, while I have a strong opinion on the sanctions of Tornado Cash, I'm getting gutted by how things played out. And I'm glad to see an active debate unfolding that is slowly moving away from black and white thinking and allowing for more in-between shades. Using the analogy of our anonymous Twitter friend, i.e. the highways might be met with sanctions if critical mass or crucial mass, let's say if 30% of traffic, for the sake of argument, is used in illicit activities. I would hope there'd be an ongoing debate hitting the news in days prior to action being taken and that we wouldn't just arrest the highway's lead engineer without warning. The lines are too blurry here. Is a YouTuber who uploaded an explainer video on how to use Tornado Cash last year at risk of criminal recourse? The only thing worse than a highway with a solid amount of illegal activity is a highway with a solid amount of illegal activity that you can't regulate. And I can think of an entity or two that would get a kick out of a plethora of Tornado Cash-like services showing up and gaining wider adoption in protest of the U.S.'s move. 
And another thought that has crossed my mind, in traditional banking, we have tools like WISE to send money across borders, which by design obfuscate who you are sending money to. Mind you, these services have KYC requirements themselves, but it's a bit of a halfway step between my bank knowing from whom I sent money to and certainly something that I would want for my blockchain wallets if my employer had my wallet address. Anyway, stay safe and keep fighting the good fight, Matt. So this is such an interesting conversation. And so I have my thoughts. And actually, I don't have any thoughts. These aren't thoughts. But I kind of want to look at this from both sides. Okay, let's see. Let's look at it from the U.S. government or regulator side. So they're sitting around talking. They say, so they made their own money. They're doing illegal stuff with it. And they're sending money to Ukraine and other places we don't know. And they're using this bad weather app thingy, Tornado Cash. Another person says, what do you mean they made their own money? We already have lots of money. We have the dollar, the pound, the euro. There's ways to send it. Venmo, PayPal, credit card, Apple Bay, checks, cash. Why do you need more kinds of money? A person comes back, I don't know, but they want it. I mean, apparently they say their money is like up only and like gold. And people use it online and turn their pictures into laser eyes. And the creator of one of these loves pink tie-dye shirts with unicorns on them. Oh, and he's Russian-born, but still sends millions of dollars to Ukraine to help them? This magic internet money made him one of the richest people in the world. He's worth like $1.5 billion. And so people saw how rich he got making this magic internet money, and they want to make magic internet money of their own. And so they not only made magic internet money, they made magic internet banks, as well as loaning magic internet money and borrowing magic internet money. And this system that they created failed, and a lot of people lost all their real money. Because they invested their real money into this magic internet money and their magic internet money schemes, causing a systemic collapse, not only in their magic internet money system, but in real world consequences like people losing their pensions, savings, publicly traded companies getting overexposed and dropping down and going bankrupt. Now, to add that all on, we find out that it's being used to fund terrorist groups and North Korea and Iran love the stuff. I mean, I know this is really lacking nuance, but it's not a lie. You can see where they're coming from, the government regulators. So what would you do as the Fed or a government body? Just let it go? But here's the flip side. Wages are stagnant. Inflation is killing your money. The government, banks, companies track every purchase we make, building profiles on us in order to market to us and sell our data. Also, if we buy things they don't like, we get flagged and watched. You don't allow us to use the money however we want, and our banks, these banks in air quotes, never have to have all of our money in them. Apparently only 10%. If we have too much money... You come and ask us why. And if we have too little of your money, not our magic internet money, but your money, we need to pay fees for using these banking services, like we're getting taxed to be poor. Having physical cash is almost a taboo now, and any and all transactions, even a little side hustle things or selling things at a garage sale, is now being flagged for taxes. Why? Because it's now all digital, and we can't hide our transactions. Oh, did I mention that everything costs way too much because you can make money out of thin air, your money out of thin air, and use it for things that most people don't want you to use it for? And the result is big companies and CEOs getting richer, your friends get richer, the government is insider trading to enrich themselves, and us normal people are just getting squeezed tighter and tighter until you get every last spare change of us in taxes and put back into your money system? This is why we want our own money, even if it is magic internet money. I can see both sides. What do you think? Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. This tornado cash thing brings up a lot of questions, in my opinion. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to write in Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. I want your opinion. And until Monday, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>